It's time for another spicy curry hot take, the part of the show when I get just a little bit spicy. Here's my advice to you and my advice to me. When things get a little bit tough, when things get a little bit dicey, when we're facing some headwinds, stop complaining and go back to the fundamentals. Now, in this episode, I'm interviewing Aaron Nosbish. He is the founder of Lucid, an agency that works with CBD and cannabis brands. He and my buddy Nick Shackelford launched Breeze, which is a uh, THC drink product. It's, it's fabulous. And so I still hear merchants complaining about iOS updates and how that's been unfair and they've never been able to recover. Or I hear people complaining about supply chain issues or other things that are that are unfairly preventing them from growing. But what we uncover in this episode is that when things get tough, and they will get tough, this will this will be business. We have to go back to the fundamentals. Now, uh, Aaron and his team did some really cool things uh, back in the day, even like emailing directly uh, Mark Zuckerberg, which you got to hear the whole story there when he just could not get ad accounts to uh, stay approved and, and operating. But ultimately, there are no hacks. There are no shortcuts, right? We've got to focus on the fundamentals and just be better. Just be better than really anybody else out there doing what we're doing. And so stop complaining. doesn't help, right? Focus on the fundamentals and enjoy this interview with Aaron Nosbish. You'll hear lots of great stories. There'll be some, some nuggets in there that you can apply to your ad account and growing your company, whether you're selling skin cream or widgets or apparel or something hemp or cannabis related. And so with that spicy curry hot take over, enjoy the show. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we have a fascinating topic. We're going to talk about conscious compounds. This is a subject that I've never talked about on this show. We're going to talk about CBD a little bit, but from the perspective of marketing and advertising and growing your e-commerce business, because there are lessons in this story that we're going to look at here that will apply to you, whether you sell widgets or supplements or anything uh, online. And so I'm uh, really excited. I first met my guest at the Blue Ribbon Mastermind in San Diego, California. We were both speaking at Ezra Firestone's event. And so my guest is Mr. Aaron Nosbish. And Aaron is the uh, founder and CSO, former CEO of Lucid, which is an agency that we we know actually quite well that helps uh, CBD companies grow online. Uh, but he's also the founder and CEO of Breeze, which he partners with my buddy Nick Shackelford on. And so we're going to talk about that story. It's a fascinating, fascinating story, the story of Breeze. Also very tasty beverage. So we'll get into that. But uh, Aaron, man, welcome to the show. Uh, how's it going? And, and and thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. It's going great. I'm very glad to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited and flowing, feeling good. And uh, I'm grateful to be on the show, man. This is uh, it was uh, it was cool to be together at Blue Ribbon Mastermind recently. And it's gonna be really cool to chat through everything today. I was super excited to to sample Breeze. You know, of course, I've been hearing kind of from Nick and kind of watching what you guys have been doing, but but uh, had not tried it yet. So I got to try it in San Diego. It was fantastic. How, so we're recording in the morning. Um, how many cans of of uh, you know Breeze are you in at this point? Are you all, are <laughs> or are you all coffee in the morning and Breeze in the afternoon? It's a great question. <laughs> and, and actually, let's back up. What is Breeze first, and then answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Breeze is a microdose um, cannabis and mushrooms uh, in a can. It's a, a social tonic. Um, so we've essentially created a feel-good tonic that uses no alcohol, no, uh, no tobacco, nothing nothing harmful. Uh, it's only uh, hemp-derived Delta 9 
THC, uh, CBD, and then lion's mane mushrooms. And so we put those all into one beverage and we've created a very fun, non-alcoholic, uh, feel-good drink that people have been really loving, man. You know, we, we just launched it on, on, on 420, which is the, the National Cannabis Holiday. So that was kind of kind of fun. <laughs> and but you know, what's really interesting about uh, Breeze is be, because Breeze is a THC seltzer. So and most people when they hear a THC seltzer in that regard, they think, oh, that's that's illegal. They can't have that in my state or, you know, I'm not able to buy that or ship that. Uh, and the thing is, because we extract the THC from hemp and because it's below 0.3% THC by weight, it's actually legal in all 50 states. And, uh, and so that allows us to be one of the first people to sell quote unquote weed in a can uh, and ship it to people's doors uh, legally. <laughs> so kind of cool. Yeah, so, such a cool story. So, so then, so then, answer the question: How, how many? We're recording in the morning. How many cans of breeze in are you, or is that the afternoon and the morning is coffee? Yeah, for me, it's an afternoon thing for the most part. Uh, I, you know, I, I in the in afternoon to the evening, I think, I think anytime, anytime you would drink alcohol, I think breeze is a, is a great, a great alternative. It's, you know, all the fun without the poison, the hangovers or the regrets. Uh, and so I, I think it's, uh, it's great for that. We're actually working on a lion's mane only version, which, uh, by the time we publish the show, uh, might be released. We're going to launch it next week. And so that one, I would probably have one in the morning, uh, and definitely, definitely around noon for sure. But uh, these days, uh, I'm a, I'm a cappuccino, cappuccino in the morning guy to get it going. Cappuccino. And, and I'm assuming because you seem like a pretty clean eaten guy. Are you like no sugars, no additives, just just espresso and milk? Most days, uh, most days. But today I did a cappuccino that was a little uh, seasonal and even had a, a donut with it as well. So <laughs> that's really off my rocker hey, today. No judgment here. You got to yeah. enjoy a donut every now and then. When in the Midwest. Uh, it is it is the right thing to do. Exactly. We're in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, so true. Yeah. I'm uh, uh, love cappuccinos, love lattes. Usually I keep them pure. I, I do kind of a coffee with a superfood creamer. It's kind of my oh, go to. Cool. Uh, but dude, I'm a big fan of lion's mane. So I, I love functional mushrooms. I've been experimenting with different functional mushrooms. That sounds kind of, you know, uh, uh, wild. Uh, gotta be careful what, like, what group you say that in experimenting with <laughs> mushrooms, but the functional kind. And uh, lion's mane is excellent. I think for brain function and alertness and cognition. And so I'm a big, big, big fan of that. Um, so I do want to get in, we're going to get, this is going to be practical. We're going to talk about ad strategies. We're going to talk about what do you do when you market something as challenging as CBD? Cause there are lessons for all of us. We're going to get into some of those things, but I want to get more into the story of why, cause you're really passionate about this, what you call conscious compounds, very passionate about it. So kind of, kind of give us the story, like why, why start breeze and why is this uh, such a passion project rather than just, you know, something you want to do to make money? Yeah, great question. Um, okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit and then I'll tell a little bit of story, but I'll do my best to make it quick. Uh, you know, uh, long story short, I, I originally got into the e-commerce game when I was 13. So I've been doing it for quite a while now. I'm 29, so 16 years of a traditional experience. So I started on MySpace and Big Cartel. And yeah, I, I loved it, man. Just like being able to <laughs> build stuff and then put it on the internet and people buy it. What a concept. Uh, and so, and so I liked, and I liked the happiness uh, that it drove. You know, it's like, it's like getting a, it's like getting a Christmas present when something arrives that you bought online. It's magical. It was a very special Absolutely. experience. So I was doing that. And I, uh, long story short, I'd really cut my teeth with a brand called Monk, uh, M-O-N-Q. It was the first portable aromatherapy diffuser. So we essentially took the vaporizer technology. We stripped the nicotine and tobacco out of it. We added only essential oils. Um, and for, for those who don't know, essential oils have terpenes in them, uh, which comes from all plants. All plants have these terpenes in them or terpenoids. When they, when you smell, uh, the terpenes go past your olfactory bulb, which sends signals to your brain that promotes uh, an effect. Um, and so this is where the concept of aromatherapy comes from, uh, which is a 
multi-billion dollar industry in itself. So I really cut my teeth with this brand called Monk. We tried to advertise it. Uh, well, first off, I loved what I was doing. We were giving an alternative to smoking. We were giving an alternative to uh, your aromatherapy rituals, something you could take with you. It's a natural, uh, you know, non-harmful thing that will help you feel better um, without causing any harm. So I, I really liked that 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 energy. And I think that was something I was personally looking for for a long time. It's like, you know, how can I have fun? How can I feel better? How can I cope uh, and, and have a, a good time without causing myself harm uh you know like most of the most of the things that society pushes on us um to feel better um they're actually really harmful for us and they ultimately just leave you to feeling worse you know the most right. notorious and obvious probably is alcohol that's the you know the one that that everyone knows of but it's not just alcohol it's tobacco and uh it's not it's overeating it's eating unhealthy things or binge watching tv or you know it's 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 all of it so with monkey it was kind of a i was looking for i was looking for personally something that would help me feel better without making me feel worse something that would help me kind of so so we scaled monk and we it did really well we became uh top 50 fastest growing companies in america two years in a row top one percent of fastest growing wow. advertisers on the on the meta platform. Uh, and just a little precursor to that. So, you know, if you can imagine, this is like vaporizer technology. So it's like a, a portable aromatherapy diffuser. If you've ever seen an aromatherapy diffuser, you got a little basin of water, you put essential oils in it, and it breathes out, this, it diffuses the essential oils. So we essentially made that portable in this pen. So I tried to advertise it and Meta kept saying, no, you can't advertise e-cigarettes. You can't advertise vaporizers, you know, all, all this stuff. And I'm like, so I wrote a letter to Zuckerberg and I said, this is pure innovation. This is not an e-cigarette. This is not a vaporizer. This does not use tobacco or nicotine or anything like it, which is how you define it in your policy. And you need to let us advertise or, or you have forgotten what innovation is. Uh, and I sent that over to Zuckerberg and no one had responded, but the next day our ad account was unlocked. Uh, and so we became the first non-vaporizer. Wow. You, sent, you sent an email email to Zuckerberg or you sent like a letter, letter, like email, you know, licking a stamp and put it in the mail. Yeah, I'm not even sure how the post office works. I told you e-commerce since 13. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young for that. That's awesome. Yeah. So message you're like, I'm not going to just like go to the top, like talk to, let me talk to your supervisor. I'm just, I'm sending a message to Zuck and uh, something about that resonated and voila. I, I didn't think he was going to answer. I didn't really know what was going to happen, but you know, I just like Googled and I'm like, I don't like Facebook support doesn't, it's not worth a damn. So I was like, I better just go to, I just better find an email and send it to someone. So, so I, I sent it and this was, I, you know, and now did I, what actually happened that made all that work? I don't know. Maybe he got it. Maybe he forwarded it on, uh, you know, maybe it was that I called out his, this innovation thing. I, I don't know, but our ad account was unlocked and, and that was uh, incredible because like at the time there was no products anywhere similar to a vaporizer product that was on, on this platform. So, so that, you know, being the first type of product on this, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me uh, mainly that there's there's two ways to innovate. Um, you know, the, the first is the obvious. The, the way to innovate that most people do is that they either don't know the rules or they throw out the rules and they build something new. That's traditional in innovation. You know, like, uh, let's just start from scratch. You know, white a pen and, uh, and a white piece of paper, or don't even use a white piece of paper. Draw on the walls, right? That's innovation. Uh, now, there's another form of innovation, though, um, which is learning the rules really, really well, and then building new rules on top of them. So this is what you see politicians do on a regular basis. So this is where uh, you know you can build new innovation through laws or exp bureaucracy or dem democracy. And so and so uh, and you can do this. You can do this a, uh, in a lot of different areas. So essentially, the innovation idea was here: is if I understood the policies really well, which is that you could only not advertise. E-cigarettes or vaporizer, due to them being nicotine devices, um, then this is not a nicotine device, so I should be able to advertise it. Uh, and so it allowed us to innovate upon that policy. So we took that 
same level of kind of like that same principle that I was using to innovate in, in that realm. I got I got into CBD and uh, and hemp. I actually first started my own CBD brand. Tried to advertise it on Meta. I don't know if you ever tried to advertise CBD before, Brett, but it's a pain in the ass, uh, and you get shut down every which way possible. It, it is like the least compliance friendly uh, type of product. Even CBD products for pets or any, like you mentioned CBD, it's it just throws up major roadblocks. Lots of headwinds. You're constantly fighting um, uh, disapprovals and stuff. And so, so yes, it is a challenge. It's terrible. It's terrible. You get shut down. Every, and then that's the thing. It's like, it's not just can, can you get an ad live or can you keep an ad live? It's not like the ad just gets rejected. Your ad accounts get shut down. And then your business manager gets shut down. And then your profile gets restricted from advertising. And so these are not like simple fixes uh, for, uh, you know, for someone who doesn't do it or doesn't know how to do it. So it becomes, uh, it becomes very, very challenging. So I got into CBD. I tried to advertise my own stuff. I did it for a while. Uh, and and I was like, oh my gosh, I figured out this is great. And then we got royally shut down. And then I started consulting. I actually got out of the CBD game for, for a minute there. I started consulting brands. And when I started consulting CBD and hemp brands and, and cannabis brands on how to build, scale, and exit, which is something I was kind of just personally passionate about and was co-related to aromatherapy. What's interesting about cannabis and aromatherapy is they both use terpene technology. The terpenes in the plants is what is a part of what influences the effect of, uh, of cannabis. Uh, and so I, it was an easy jump. Uh, so when I, when I started consulting these people, they all wanted to know how to advertise. How can we advertise our CBD brand? How can we, like, and, and you know, I had more experience than most anyone in this space or even in the space of kind of, um, new age or edgy product advertising in, in this realm. So I kept working on it and kept working on it and kept working on it. I kept running into walls, uh, left and right. I, I reached out to my, my friends at, 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 Facebook. So Monk became one of the fastest growing advertisers on the platform. So we got invited to headquarters a few times and met some cool people like OMG Commerce and others and, and, and that kind of era. And uh, and, uh, and so I, I kept trying to do it. They, they met, My friends at Meta sent me this internal policy of what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. And they essentially said, you could educate consumers about CBD. You could drive to hemp topical products, or you could drive to uh, news about uh, CBD. And I thought, holy cow, I'm on top of the world. I got the internal policy from Meta. I'm going to be able to advertise this stuff. It's going to be great. Uh, and I tried it and I just kept getting shut down, like left and right, uh, every which way. And it worked for a little bit, but then it would just all get shut down. And it got to a head during the 2020 election, uh, which was the Trump election. And during election periods, they turn up the sensitivity of the platform. So they want to try to prevent misinformation. So everything gets shut down in that period. So all my accounts went shut down all at the same time. And I was like, man, I'm out. There's no more CBD advertising. This thing's dead. It's impossible. If I can't do it with all this time and energy, no one can do it. It's just, it's not going to work. Um, and I decided I'm going to give it one more shot. And I called my buddy, um, Chase Diamond, uh, who's an amazing guy. And he was close friends with Nick Shackelford. And I thought, you know, if, if I was going to pull this off, I would need high level relationships at Meta that I could speak with regularly to find out the nuance necessary in order to keep my ads live and compliant. And so I called Nick and he, I, I called Chase, Chase connected me to Nick. And, and I told Nick, I'm like, Hey, dude, I like, you know, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm telling you, if, if I, if you have the highest level of support, uh, which you have to have like $10 million in, uh, monthly spend or quarterly spend in order to even get that level of support. If you have that high level of support, I can likely, I think I can, I can talk to Meta and get a deal and, and get on the same page about how to do compliant advertising. And I think they'd agree with me. And so Nick said, uh, you know, well, why don't we do this? Let's try it. And if it works, we'll make a deal. Um, and so he let me try it first by just speaking with his rep, which was very generous of him, very kind to even invest the time, energy or the resources. And I just made this lawyer level case to Meta about why my ads were compliant, how I'm following all the rules laid out in, in the policy, how I'm creating new things and, and gave examples of other products. And, uh, and uh, to both my surprise and Nick's, they, they agreed and said that our ads were compliant. 
And so then we started advertising compliantly for Medterra and then Charlotte's Web and uh, every bigger, every big major CBD and hemp brand uh, in the world after that very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, it's so then Lucid quickly grew to the largest cannabis social advertising firm in the world. And that was, uh, you know, it's not that hard to grow to the biggest uh, quickly when you're the only one who can do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one that can actually run ads. <laughs> Uh, that stacks the deck in in your favor. But something really important that I want to kind of underscore here, and we'll, we'll get into some ad strategies and stuff in a minute. But I think it's it's really good for all of us to kind of hear this because I was just on a call yesterday with a, with a brand who is still bemoaning, and this is 2023, uh, moving into 2024, <laughs> bemoaning iOS 14.5, and they're like we've never recovered, and they're like just kind of this defeatist mindset. And I'm like, man, if we're still locked in that mindset, there there are guys out here, there are people out here like Aaron that are advertising illegal products, not and they're not illegal, but I mean, like, like viewed as illegal in the mind of these platforms, but they found a way to get approval and from emailing Zuck to talking to people that have the highest level of support to putting forth a, a lawyer level case. Like you weren't going to be stopped by this uh, until like, you know, every nail was in the coffin. And so really good entrepreneurial lessons there. And I think just a reminder, like business is not going to be easy. And so you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And so kudos to you for, for continuing to fight. And we, we got to support Lucid a little bit on the Google side. And so we got to see kind of the, the inside of that and, and uh, love your business partners. And of course, Nick, we, we go way back. And so, uh, so that's awesome. So you became the biggest agency uh, helping CBD products, and then where did kind of where did Breeze? How did that? How did that? Come yeah, from? totally. And 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 you're so right. It's 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 challenging across the board. And like, and I'll tell you, like honestly, if if we were an agency doing anything else other than CBD, it would not have made sense. Like, and I, I think I told you this back back when, or 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 we talked about it a little bit back then. It's like. If I was in an agency advertising for other clients or having other clients, it would have been a really dumb move to try to focus on CBD like this. It just took such a level of energy that I just, I like, it took everything to be able to pull it off and then keep pulling it off and then iterating with it. You know, the thing about CBD and hemp is an evolving policy, it's an evolving legal landscape. And so you, you got to just constantly be on top of it. And so the fact that we were like, if we were in another agency trying to get into the CBD space versus building an agency around the cannabis, the hemp CBD space, they're just different things. It allowed us to, it allowed us to pull all of our resources towards one objective, which is just not a responsible mover for anyone else. And so that, that's why it worked. You know, it's kind of a, it was kind of that, and just like any, business success. It's not a single variable. It's it's the 15 variables that should never have lined that happened to align that made it work. <laughs> you know, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the ability to to go all in on to solve a really complex problem. And you're right. And that's why like as an agency, we were just like, we're not doing C B D. We may consult with you guys or whatever, but like we're not do, we're not doing C B D. I would never either. If I had another agency, it, it would just I it would, it would generally be a bad idea. I mean it's it's a little easier now, but it still takes a lot of uh resources. So so anyway, so we started doing that and started uh doing that for a while and so we caught the whole C B D boom. So the the C B D boom was kind of like twenty twenty between twenty twenty in 2022, uh, you know, everyone, so people realize, hey, there's a, a legal version of cannabis. This, this helps you with your sleep. It helps you with your stress. It can make you less worried and give you a little bit more pain relief. So all these beautiful, amazing things. Um, and so people loved it. So people were buying it off the wazoo and, you know, all these brands were scaling and the industry was scaling. It was really exciting and it was federally legal. So you have none of the scalability challenges that you have with cannabis. 
Uh, you know, in traditional cannabis regulated markets, you can't open, sometimes you can't open bank accounts. You can't do interstate commerce. You can't ship across state lines. You can't do uh, e-commerce really. And so there's all these challenges that prevent the cannabis industry from existing successfully in the CPG DUC world. Um, and we, we have access to those with CBD, uh, with the exception of advertising. So, so anyway, so, uh, did that for a while. And then, uh, you know, we started hearing about Delta eight. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard about Delta eight very much, but so Delta eight, uh, a lot of people started seeing it at like smoke shops or, your local gas station. It's like, hey, this is a cannabinoid, which cannabinoids are, you know, that's part of the active ingredients in cannabis. Um, and uh, it was, oh, it comes from hemp. And because it comes from hemp, this Delta-8 cannabinoid is legal. And they say it's like THC, but it's a little different. So it was kind of this weird thing. You kind of had this like synthetic vibe to it, but you just heard about people selling it and they were starting to scale. And so we started seeing the CBD industry is trying to tail off and wind down a little bit, yet this Delta-8 industry was starting to pick up. And so, uh, you know, uh, we all started looking into it. And essentially, as is a psychoactive natural cannabinoid uh, found in hemp and, and cannabis, uh, but not many people haven't haven't really heard of. And uh, and so, but it, it gets you high. It, you, you'll feel it. Uh, so they there was a couple lawsuits around it, like, hey, y'all, you guys can't sell this. This is a psychoactive uh, compound, and, and you know, and they were justifying it and saying it's legal because it's below 03 percent THC, uh, which is what the the, the law says for for CBD and hemp extracts. And 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 so it went to court. And it ruled in favor of the Delta 8 brands, saying that they were in the, le- in the legal right. Uh, and so that was a huge deal. So then like, oh, holy shit. So then people realized at the same time, like, well, you know, the Delta 9 THC, which is the same THC, if, if you had a marijuana or a joint, that's that's Delta 9 THC. Uh, you can extract it from hemp. And the law says, actually, if it's below 0.3% THC by weight, that it's legal. Um, and so long story short... Uh, it, it became apparent that you could actually make Delta 9 THC products if they came from him and if the weight ratio was correctly uh, correct and that that would be legal in all 50 states. And that's a huge deal because that essentially means that we've wrote into law that THC is legal. Um, and I think that gets confusing for a lot of people because of the little nuances there, but that's the same THC you'd get in a, a, in a edible or a, a marijuana or whatever. And, and so there became a whole legal market for THC that just popped up overnight. So I had a few people come to me and ask, hey, do you think you could advertise for this on, on Meta and Google and some of these others? And I said, you know, I don't know. It's a hemp product and we do a lot for hemp products. So probably I could. And so I kept kept trying it um, and it was working and we started doing it and we started scaling a lot of hemp brands on the Delta 9 THC. And, and it became clear that this is what people were actually looking for when they're buying CBD. You know, the thing is people, when they went to CBD, they were looking for a light cannabis or a diet weed, uh, so like a, a minor buzz, uh, you know, something that's not going to put them on their ass, but they're going to feel good from it. Um, and they weren't really getting that from CBD. They might've been getting stress relief or some sleep, uh, you know, better. CBD is too mild, right? It's, it's too tame, it's too tame. Uh, but it, CBD actually has, has a great impact. I, I, I used CBD gummies, and it, it's it got a little bit of a softens the edge, just a little 100%. bit. Like I'm feeling a little bit amped up. It's gonna be good, but it's but it's not. I mean, it's it's kind of miles apart, right, from from THC. If you're looking for a, a little bit of a buzz, uh, you know, if you're looking for like a light cannabis, it's not really that. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it, it's so and so, and I think that's what what the reality is. I think the majority of people that were going to it were actually looking for that. And so when this Delta Nine movement, it's all of a sudden it had the same excitement of CBD. But it had the stickiness of THC, and that's what you need. Because, like, yeah, the the thing you know, CBD you might try once, like, okay, it's nice, but I, I I don't have that feedback loop of something's working really clearly and effectively. Or for a lot of people, they don't get that. And so THC definitely you get that. So I had some people come to me, asked if we could advertise it, tried to advertise it, and uh, it worked. Uh, we were able to do it um, for a handful of brands. I'm like, holy cow, this is game changing. We're the first people to advertise THC products um, on social media, um, and that's you know, that's a whole nother league above uh, CBD. And so uh, I had a so then. I 
I, I, there's a couple brands. There's a brand called Can. I don't know if you've heard of that before. C A N N. It's a beverage. Uh, they make a THC beverage, uh, similar to Breeze, uh, but different. And um, and I started drinking their beverage. I'm like, holy cow, this is the medium that cannabis has been looking for forever. The ability to drink your weed or use your, you know, it has, you don't have to smoke it. It's not offensive to other people. It's culturally acceptable because we're already in a drinking culture. We already have bars and lounges. People already drink at social events. Um, and it was low dose. So it was a fast acting because small molecule and, and low dose. Um, and so I drink, I started drinking them and I was like, this is just the future, fundamentally the future. And, and, and so um, both those guys came to me and asked if, if if I thought we could advertise and if we can make it work. And so we started advertising and, and it worked and it was doing really well. And I realized that this is the future of drinking, that this is the future of cannabis and that I needed to get in the game, that I, I could take this industry forward uh, pretty far and that myself and my team and, and my partners that we could do some really great work. So uh, then it was just a lot of luck after that, man. I went to a cannabis and psychedelic conference and I just spread the word that I was looking to start this and that I was I was looking for the right people. And I had a guy came up to me and he, he brought me this nano emulsified lion's mane, which was the first of its kind extract of lion's mane mushroom. And just, you know, a lot of people have tried lion's mane. It's a nice product, but it's not very concentrated. Like, uh, it depends on how concentrated you get it. So we make a concentrated form of it, an extract of it, and then we nano it, which creates a very... Uh, potent and fast acting version of lion's mane and you feel it you feel it instantly like within just minutes of drinking and then that combined with the thc creates a very social happy buzz that gives you a very similar uh experience to drinking of uh a cocktail um but without the poison or, or the negative side effects and, and so when you know sometimes you just meet projects that make you build them uh and yeah. this was one of those you, could, you couldn't you almost couldn't not do this right like everything lined up your passion your experience your background the connections like it was you almost couldn't not do it that's exactly dude that's exactly like it, the, the closest thing to a calling that i've ever felt in my life honestly uh and and i and when i felt that i was just like i in fact i tried not to do it i was like oh this is a distraction from lucid we got so many good things going like i just can't do this is a bad idea and you know i just uh, and I just let go and went for it. And so then we, we, you know, I, they, I came up with the idea on January 16th and then we launched the brand on uh, April 20th. So that was it's three months. Insane. It's insane, man. It's the fastest I've ever done anything in my life. Uh, and it took a lot of energy, and uh, but we moved quickly. And then, and then, you know, it's one thing to build something and hope it does great. And then, but it's another thing when people love it uh, and people loved it. Um, we had really, really good responses right out of the gate. And then we went scaled from doing batches of 1500 cans uh, around then 420 to we just finished our first batch of 400,000 cans. Wow. So, yeah, man. Wow. Kudos, kudos to you, man. It's, it's, it's a great product. I got to try it uh, in San Diego. Really enjoyed it. And, and one, one thing I kind of want to uh, double click on really quickly, and then we're going to dive into some ad stuff and, and some strategies there. But, but you know, this, it seems like there's this movement. Obviously, the younger generations are, are, are more pro uh, cannabis than ever before. But there also seems to be like maybe less of a desire to consume alcohol too for younger ages. And, you know, Huberman, who I you know, like, love his podcast, he talked, you know, he's not like anti alcohol fully or anything like that, but ethically, but he's just like, yeah. It's kind of poison. Like, like you should really limit it. Uh, I had, I had told you before you hit record. I've basically stopped consuming alcohol altogether. I was more of a couple times a month, you know, social type <laughs> drinker. Anyway, I enjoy wine and bourbon and stuff. But I noticed it just was like wrecking my sleep. And so I'd been pretty much backed off on it altogether. Uh, but when I when I had breeze, I felt good. And so so yeah, is is that a trend? It seems like it is, and it seems like you guys are just at the right time for it. Yeah, great question. Uh, the I don't have the exact data off the top of my head, but I know that the uh, in, the decline in alcohol consumption uh, is uh, is is higher than it's been in a very long time, especially with younger people. Um, um, but right. it's across the board, actually, too. And what's kind of interesting about that is like 
it, trends typically go uh, up, not down. Meaning, like your 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 grandson or your kid tells you what's cool. Typically, usually, grandpa or grandma doesn't tell you what's cool. So, it, you know, yes, when the yes. fact that the younger generation is changing is kind of like, wow, if the younger generation has this uh, tolerance, this uh, this like uh, this discernment or whatever, this temperance uh, to to not drink, then I think parents are starting to check themselves a little bit. Because, and right. I think this is the thing about alcohol, man. Everyone knows it's bad for us. Like, there's no one that's like, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm going to drink some more of that so I feel happier and stronger tomorrow. Like, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's a net negative. As, and I'm not saying it's not fun. There's, you know, I, I used to drink a lot. I don't, I don't drink anymore. Um, and, and, and it was, it was, uh, it was as, as much fun as I had with it, though. And I had some great memories on alcohol. The juice was never worth the squeeze when you saw it holistically. Uh, and, and, and that, that's the thing. Like, I think what's actually happening is it's not just, it's not just that uh, kids are just drinking less. It's humans are becoming more conscious. Information is spreading easier. Uh, we're becoming more uh, intelligent as a society. Uh, and and what and this has already happened before. You know, we were all smoking tobacco. Doctors were smoking cigarettes in the in the emergency room while they're delivering a baby. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. And and then we all realize, you know, hey, that's probably a bad idea and causing cancer and killing us. We should probably stop doing that. And now we all look at tobacco like it's the worst thing since you know uh, whatever is uh, arsenic and. And I think that that's coming for alcohol as well. Um, you know, whether I know alcohol has been around for thousands of years and people have been drinking forever, but, um, you know, we, we used to cut our legs off when we got shot uh, before as well. And we used to, you know, we used to put leeches on our skin uh, to, to yeah. suck out sicknesses. Like the, the society just evolves. And so, you know, the reality is that alcohol is poisonous, uh, no matter which way you look at it. Uh, and as fun as it can be in the moment, it's always, uh, it always takes more than it gives. Uh, and, and, you know, there's also funny things about alcohol, man. If you ever, like now that you, you drink less if you, or, or you don't drink, if you, if you go, if you go up to someone and tell them you don't drink, the first thing that they do is justify their drinking behavior, which is like a funny <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you don't do that with orange juice. You know, if I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't have any orange juice. Uh, like, no one's yeah, like, like, no water. It helps me. So. <laughs> it improves nicely. Really? Does it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just super interesting. I, I love, I love following trends and kind of where things are headed. And so I, I would agree with you uh, to a large degree that I, I do think alcohol consumption is, is likely to continue going down. Will it disappear? I don't think so. Probably. And there, you know, there are some that would make the case that wine is good for you and things like that. And, and I'm yeah. not here to debate either side of that. I just know for me, like consuming very much at all uh wrecked the way i felt and so pretty much stopped um let's let's pivot a little bit and talk ads so you you guys have had to be very creative in in keeping ad accounts up and running and and this is something that we see a lot you know we help companies on amazon we help companies with with google and youtube and and on amazon you know we got like skin cream getting disapproved and we get warnings that hey this is a toxic compound or this is an illegal substance and we're like it's skin cream you know and so we got to fight these these battles with with that on, on occasion and so what are some of the things you've learned in the journey uh, of you know growing cbd and, and now thc products that you think apply to any any uh, business yeah, great question. Um, I think that truth is typically simpler than most are willing to accept. And so that's mm. like where I, I'd start with it is like a lot of the advice I give will be kind of like, oh, that's obvious. But it's because people like, you know, there's some, I, I forget who said the quote, maybe Hermosi is like, uh, experts always do the fundamentals uh, or something yes. like that. You know, <laughs> it's uh, always. So, so I'd say first and foremost, like you need to have a healthy ad account. 
Like that's just the key. Like that's the, that's the magic. Uh, if you know how to, you know, most people, when they try to do things that they think that they're not allowed to do or, or that they are concerned they're not allowed to do is they try to hide or pretend or they try to break the rules in a way that the machine won't tell. And you got to remember, this is a trillion dollar company who like, you know, is really inclined to make sure the right stuff is on the, on the side. And the wrong stuff is not on the site. And so so if you're trying to break the rules, they've probably thought through it to a degree or they have some type of system put in place. And so I say my first piece of feedback on how to advertise anything uh, is make sure your ad account is healthy. Uh, like tr- reduce the number of rejected ads in your account. Make sure you set up your verification. Install the Cappy. Like do the things that Meta recommends. Uh, you know, put some ad spend behind a few very safe ads and warm the account up. Get a few transactions on the credit card just so it knows that it's a it's a it's a healthy account. These are basic things, but you know, a lot of people when they say, hey, I want to advertise uh, CBD or I want to advertise a sexual wellness product or I want to advertise uh, uh, maybe a skin product that uses some I don't whatever. It is. Uh, it, they they try to just brute force it, and that's where most people mess up. Is if you go in there hot and heavy, trying to do things that you're that you you know either you're not allowed to do or you think you're not allowed, so you're acting kind of fishy. Uh, then the system, it's a pattern recognition machine. It's going to find those patterns that other people have done before you. It's going to see them and it's going to shut you down. Uh, so first and foremost, got to keep your ad account. Uh, healthy. Uh, the best thing you can do is reduce the number of rejected ads. Start with safe ads that are just clearly and obviously compliant. Warm up the account a bit. Um, get the do do the thing it recommends that a that a quality advertiser would do, and that gives you a good baseline to even start exploring what's possible. Yeah, I, I love that so much, and I, th- I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, hacking is not really the way. It's being better at the fundamentals. Right. That's right. And I was using this analogy the other day, like a, a good football team. I love the NFL. Love the Kansas City Chiefs. Like you never a team never gets to the point where like, well, we're so good. Good. We don't need the fundamentals anymore, right? <laughs> right. And if, if you were to look at, you know, you compare the Chiefs to like the Panthers or something, you know, the best versus the worst or whatever, and you're like, oh, the Panthers are garbage and this. But if you like, if you looked at it though, they both have billion dollar facilities. If you were to talk to the coaches on the Panthers, you'd be like, these are the smartest football people I've ever talked to. World class athletes, like all these things are amazing, you know. But one executes the fundamentals and one doesn't. Of course, one has Patrick Mahomes and the other doesn't. So that's a, that's a thing as well. But um, yeah, you got to have the fundamentals. And I think that's where people have to focus as we move into 2024. Like you've got to be really, really good, really buttoned up at everything because that scales. Hacking, getting around things, that does not scale. It does and not scale. Whether you're selling skincare or you know something with, with legal THC, it, it doesn't scale if the, if the fundamentals aren't there. Oh, we, we call it finesse uh, at Lucid. You know, like the thing that we have that other people don't have, we have finesse. Uh, like we have, uh, we just know how to do it well. We've been doing it well for a long time. And, uh, and that's like, you'll, you'll see me and Nick and other people, we don't hold any secrets in our companies. Like we're very right. loud and proud about what we do and how we do it. And this is, this goes on to Breeze where we, we're build the company entirely in the open uh, and share it with yeah, the world yeah. while, we're, while we're doing it. But, you know, it, it's yeah. it's finesse. It's like, and, you know, Gary Vee talks about this a lot. You can tell someone how to do something a thousand times, but it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Uh, and and so I, I, I think that it's key. You know, there's, there's other tactics in the CBD and hemp world, which apply other places, which is like, you know, we drive to hemp. Uh, Meta says that you can advertise hemp products. So we drive to ads and landing pages that say hemp or don't mention hemp. Uh, you know, we've kind of gone from like the very compliant agency to now we're a little bit more of activists than what we think. We kind of think that some of these policies are a little archaic. So we try to, you know, 
evolve them a little internally as well. You've got players like X. X allows you to do any type of advertising for any cannabis product, for example. And so yeah, so you could do hemp advertising. So that's more of a tactic of how we do it. Um, but those things evolve. We also do CBD education. So if you educate the consumer about CBD, so what does CBD feel like? Driving to an article that says, what does CBD feel like? Uh, that clicks over to your homepage. That's considered an educational article. Um, and that is a compliant way to you literally use the word CBD in your ads. So those are some of the tactics, but those are things you can find anywhere. You can watch my videos online. You can just Google around and find some tactics, or you can just go find ads from people that, like us who are running them and replicate those tactics. But the real things that people need to be focused on is how to be a healthy advertiser in the first place. And this applies whether you're doing CBD, THC, or if you're selling skincare or sunglasses. If you are not taking the time to treat your account with the respect it deserves, which is keeping it clean, keeping it healthy, not just rotating and rolling through rejected ads and not, not ignoring policy or feedback scores, but addressing those things, then you can keep your account in a very healthy and happy place where Meta is going to support your efforts rather than push push against Just them. Just really quickly, any any insights on advertising on X? Are you guys advertising on on Twitter slash X? Or yeah, not really going there yet. Yeah, we do. It's great. Uh, I so this is why my insights would say would be this: it's like it's traditionally built for big awareness based advertisers, and now yes. it's going through a transition into more direct response advertising. Uh, you know, the ads used to be very addy, and now they're not so addy. Uh, they're becoming much more like native to the feed. Um, I'll tell you my big secret in X advertising is I think they're going to become a leader in direct response sooner than later. They they allow for most types of cannabis advertising, which is very unique and special of them. And I'd say, here, so this is the secret. Um, I don't think advertising on X is a direct response funnel like you see with Meta and like you see with Instagram. I think advertising on X is uh, contextual conversational advertising, which means that you listen to the conversation that's occurring and then you advertise into the conversation that's occurring with relevant uh, information. And they're more time sensitive, so they won't last a long time, um, but they'll but they'll be more time sensitive and relevant. So for example, OpenAI's uh, CEO gets fired and you run an AI startup launch an ad that that's topical to the moment uh, of that's happening and then put spin behind that and now you're just like amplifying a boost a post in a very relevant conversation i think that type of advertising is future of x advertising and i i actually think it's going to shift the entire model of direct uh, of consumer advertising in, in general because like it's it's more real it's it's less of me like hey buy my shit and it's more like hey what do you care about let's have a conversation about it and here's some added value and if you if you want to hear more from me click over yeah, kind of contextual conversational advertising and that and that's why people are on Twitter, right? They're on totally. Twitter to have a take or to read other people's take on a hot topic. And so I've always been a huge fan of the advice to, to join the conversation taking place in someone's head. Like I love that marketing advice. <laughs> I what, love are the, what are the thoughts in someone's head? Speak to those thoughts, like join that conversation. But on Twitter or on X, like you're joining that conversation that's happening there. And so, yeah, that may be more short-lived is maybe in the moment. But yeah, what's my riff on on Sam Altman being fired and rehired and all that stuff? And what what's this take on, on CBD? And, and so really smart. And uh, so maybe less of a true DR funnel, but you're, you're contextually uh, relevant. And then that does lead to engagements. And the people who figure that out, Brett, I think are going to make so much fucking money so quickly, like whatever their project is, like the people who figure out how to do that first, like that's like, there's moments in advertising, but like, you know, this cause you've been in the game a long time. I've been in the game a long time. There's moments of switch and there's uh, and in that switch moment, there's a lot of opportunities. TikTok shops could be one of those, uh, you know, like, um, Instagram, like there, there's been different ones throughout the past, but 
but I think one that's happening is Twitter has to become uh, a viable advertising channel, and it's not going to work the same way that the past ones have. Uh, so the question is, how does it work? And when you have people like Elon Musk who owns it, like you have innovation on your side, and they want people like they want people to innovate and figure it out and support them in that journey. So we have some really good friends at X um, that that help us. We work closely with um, Alexa over there, who runs who she wrote the cannabis policy for uh, for their X advertising platform. And so th- these guys are very very smart and fun innovative people. And so uh, uh, we we are planning to we we are advertising on X currently for many of our clients. We're planning to do more, and we're planning to bring it in, uh, roll it out for Breeze as well in the very near future, and kind of experiment with that, but. It's easier when you have a bigger budgets, you know. That's that makes it easier yeah, to experiment. Yeah, because it was kind of it was kind of still designed for large advertisers in the in the beginning. So you got to kind of keep that in mind. Well, we're we're nearing the the end of our time, but I do want to uh, talk uh, briefly about this decision to build in public versus build in private. And you kind of referenced Gary Vee, and I know both both you and and Shaq are very and Nick Shackelford are very uh, well spoken, and you've got followings online, so it kind of made sense from that perspective. But why build in public versus building in private? I think it's more fun as the short answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I, people are so fear mode driven yes. most of the time. And it's a shitty way. Guarding. It, it doesn't actually lead to anything more or generative. It leads to less. Uh, and like, you know, like I, I'd say, I'd say like taking your bag of gold or your good fortune and go hiding in the corner, like leads to decay and rot. Like it doesn't lead to growth. Miserable life. Yeah. Miserable life. So I like, I think the beautiful part of both my journey up to, up to Breeze and Nick's journey and Avin's journey is like, we had a little bit of experience about doing things privately and a little bit publicly and kind of solved the the pros and cons. And anyway, long story short, uh, we our thought thought process is if we build in the public, uh, we will be able to community source feedback. We'll be able to community source support. Um, we'll be able to um, uh, give uh, Breeze just momentum uh, under its wings, uh, and that um, and that that would ultimately help us uh, achieve more more quickly and more effectively and solve mistakes and problems quickly. You know, iteration is the name of the game, no matter what business you're in. Um, and so by opening and building in the public, you know, it's nothing to hide. Like people, if we're doing something wrong, people are, or, or we're doing something that could be better. People let us know uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and then, and then we iterate and people come out of the woodwork to support people. Like, you know, people, yes. they want to support the American dream. The, the, the idea of, uh, you know, a, 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 an idea of a business becoming a successful business is, is a fun story to be part of. Uh, and so so that's why we did it. So the cons are like, you know, why shouldn't you build in public? Well, people are going to rip you off. People are going to copy what you're doing and take your sauce and, you know, go run their own stuff. I, that's, that's all. It can happen anyway. It can happen anyway in the first place. But in the second, on second off, like it's one thing if it happens and no one knows who you are and then those people get popular. It's another thing if you're the namesake in this space and then someone else comes up and it's like, oh, like Breeze. Uh, oh, like you're doing something like like Breeze? Isn't that what Breeze is doing? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know. And so you kind of yeah. have some momentum on your, on your side already, and some support on your side already. So for us, I, I think there's pros and cons no matter what you do in life. But for us, we thought it would just be more fun, more productive. Uh, we we we'd be able to help more people. It, it like in a, in a further mission. You know, at Breeze, we're on a mission to reduce human suffering and maximize human potential through conscious compounds. The same thing at Lucid by spreading these conscious compounds. Um, you know, building in the open it teaches people. It teaches people yeah. how to do it. Uh, this is and how hard it is and the, the, the challenges and the bullshit that we run into and the great things that we run into and how we resolve them. It furthers the idea of reducing suffering and maximizing potential by giving people um, education and, uh, and s- training them with skills and resources on how to build and start their own businesses. 
uh, and suggesting to them that building in the public would probably be a good idea for them as well. Uh, awesome. So yeah, yeah, I, I think I think even if you just look at it from the yeah, we're getting feedback sooner. We're, we're building this army of people that support us and they're rooting for us and they're buying our stuff, you know. And uh, it just it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm rooting for you guys. I love watching things unfold. Love the product. You guys are doing good work, man. Doing good work at the agency. Doing good work at at Breeze. And so people are watching this and they're like, all right. I got to try this breeze out. It is legal in my state. How can they uh, check it out and or just follow the journey? Absolutely. Uh, drinkbreeze.com. So uh, drinkbreeze.com is where you can get check it out. It's also at drinkbreeze on, on any social. And my social is uh, in here. It's at Aaron J. Nospish, N-O-S-B-I-S-C-H. Uh, feel free to tag along and follow us. And uh, and there's a, you can use the code euphoria uh, and that'll give you $5 off for store if you want to give it a shot. Sweet. Give it a go. And again, that's Breeze, B-R-E-Z. And then also Lucid, the agency. So Lucid, the agency, and that's L-U-C-Y-D, correct? That's right. We are lucid.com. Yep. And you guys help exclusively with CBD and, and, and related products. Yeah. At this point, cannabis, you know, like the whole thing's collapsing between hemp and cannabis to just one thing. So cannabis, adaptogens, and even some psychedelic brands. That's kind of our, our specialty nice. there. Keep up the good work, man. I'm going to keep following you, keep rooting for you. So Aaron Nosbish, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron, thanks for the time, man. This was super fun. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. This is a blast. See you later. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear your feedback. If you found this podcast helpful or inspiring or or informational, share it with somebody else. Let's get the word out. Go support Breeze as well. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.